Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hey, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you for pulling your chair up to the cool kids table. Hey, on this show, I'm always looking for people who are doing cool things, who are sort of carving their own path in the world. And last week I was out in Los Angeles and I was having dinner with a friend and one of his friends came along to dinner and the guy was sort of talking about his life. And I was like, uh, you've got to be a guest on this show because Dave Padilla really is just figured out his own way to, to piece together a very entrepreneurial life. He does a lot of things. He's what we might call a renaissance man. I'll have him sort of describe all the different things he does, but he's not a guy who early on said, I'm going to go be an accountant. Instead, he just sort of has made his own way. Uh, He works in Hollywood. He has worked with bands as sort of a roadie. He's a real estate investor, and uh, he's investing in a a really cool company right now that's doing something really interesting. So there's a lot of pieces going to be happening in this interview. Uh, I have no idea where it's going to go because uh, Dave is a very curious guy, and I'm afraid he's going to turn some of this around on us, but uh, that's why I wanted to have him on the show. So Dave Padilla, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Hi, uh, I'm Dave Padilla, and I work on a show called Man in the High Castle as a sound editor. And right now I am uh, on 306, episode 306. I got four more episodes to do. And uh, after this show's done, uh, I'll probably go out and find myself a gig uh, out on the road and probably go out with a cool band so I could uh, set up some drums and run some Pro Tools and make sure the band has a great show and I get to travel the world and (laughs) see the world on their dime. So let's talk. Let's talk a little real quick about being a sound editor for like a yeah. uh, like a TV show. This show's on on Amazon, and I've actually watched it. It's it's actually an awesome show. But how does one get into sound editing? I mean, that seems like uh, an an interesting niche to fall into as sort of your main career. Yeah, I started as a young pup working at a studio called Tadeo Studios. This was the studio to be at. Uh, I came up as a runner. Uh, didn't stop working, kept my mouth quiet, and really just busted my ass and took a whole lot of abuse and just ate top ramen and worked seven days a week. And uh, they somebody decided to write a letter to the union deciding to get me into the union and become an assistant editor. Became an assistant editor for eight years Worked on great stuff like Madman, Entourage, Games of Thrones for two years, which was huge for me. Um, won probably 12 different uh, awards for being an assistant. And finally, I went over to Paramount. I had no idea that my uh, me speaking fluent Spanish was going to get me anywhere until now. There's a show called Narcos on Netflix that... Uh, that I'm the main dialogue editor for an ADR supervisor here and there. And that's my favorite show. That's, that's, that's family there. Narcos is, is my favorite show to work on. 
I did second season, third season, and coming up fourth season, which I'm really excited about. Re- I mean, really excited. About. <laughs> that's that's fun. So, so we have a mutual friend who is a sound editor, and when people ask me what he does, the way I describe it is: if you watch episodic television and there are actors and their mouths move and sound comes out, words come out, then he did his job correctly. But you know, that's sort of my simplification of it. What what do you have to do in sound editing? I mean. Uh, it's not something people think about when they watch TV. Not at all. Nobody thinks about it until uh, you're working in it, and uh, <laughs> it's a it's a it's a it's a big pro- process. It's like it's like I look look at it as a chef in assistants that prep all these different uh, dishes for me to bake and bake a cake out of. So I have my assistants that give me polyphonic files to be able to look through the different. Uh, ISO mics, boom mics, lav mics, plant mics, and I'm sitting there picking and choosing what mic sounds better throughout the scenes and the cuts so I could go ahead and make them work within one, eno- within one of another where the different elements work together so it seems natural. Because there's all these cuts that the picture editor does uh they call it an edit decision list that they turn over to me and my assistant goes through it and gives me a huge assembly full of all these mics and then i go through it and build my session with uh patience (laughs) (laughs) patience it's a lot of work well you 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 brought up a really interesting thing and you talked about the fact that, you know, you started off as a runner and then you just worked your ass off, kept your head down, did good work. You know, sure. when, when we think about Hollywood, whether you're in front of the camera or behind the camera or in post-production, it's a pretty competitive business. But being an entrepreneur and having a business and doing a startup, it, it's competitive. What is it that, that sort of was your, your sort of piece that got you ahead? How is it that you were able to go from, you know, nowhere to, to being in the union, to being an assistant and now being sort of the lead? listening, learning, not running your mouth off and just doing a kick-ass job and not sucking. <laughs> See, that's just just like people who want to run a business, don't suck yeah. and you yeah. and you're you're going to be good. But one of the ways, one of the things I was struck with you when 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 I met you is you're very curious and that's sort of one of the things that you said. You you paid attention and you asked and you learned. One of my favorite books is a book by a Hollywood producer named Brian Grazier. And the book is called A Curious Mind. And he talks about sort of how he went from essentially the mailroom at a studio to being Ron Howard's business partner and one of the most successful producers in Hollywood. And a lot of the way that he did that was exactly what you said. He asked a lot of questions. He listened and uh, he didn't burn bridges. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's just working really hard gets you really far. And people notice. And being a good person, too. I mean, <laughs> just just being a good person gets you really far. So, but that's not all that you do. I mean, that's your day no. job. But there's so many more facets of, what, of sure. what you do. You sort of touched on the fact that yeah. you work with bands. What do you do yeah. there? Uh, for example, during the summer, I, free, I, I make sure to free myself up from, uh, from cutting a motion pictures uh, a television show or a feature and I look for bands to go out with. I just went out with a band called the Deftones in Portugal. And I got a phone call from a friend. Uh, uh, Deftones is looking for a drum tech. Would you do it? And I said, absolutely. Got a call from the drummer. Drummer was super rad. He uh, called me and he was like, 
thank you for filling in. Uh, we're going to Portugal one day of work and six days off. Why not? So I, I did the show. It was huge, sold out. It was a huge arena. Uh, walked around Portugal for five days. And so I do stuff like that to fill in the blanks. Uh, I also, I run, I was running in a state. I, I had multiple homes at a time. I had my first duplex that I bought when I was 25. And that was a really good buy. It was good timing. I positioned myself in a way to capitalize on my gain. So you connect the dots, you position yourself, you prepare it, and then you attack. And that was a really good time. And 2008 was great. If you had the loot, that was a good time to buy. So I bought my first home then, and then I stayed at my parents' house. After that, I rented it out, fixed it up, rented it out, stayed at my parents' house on the couch for a year and a half, and then went ahead and bought the next one in Silver Lake, which did really well, and I just recently sold, which was really hard for me to do because I, 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 I built that from the ground up. It was a huge fixer-upper. I, I looked at that house, buying it, knowing that address from what where the front door was facing so if you look at a house and the door's facing apex but yet you buy it on glendale boulevard you could go to the city and say the front door is facing this street so you could change that and i knew that that would be a money sign for me it would be more of a Apex sounds better to the brand than Glendale Boulevard because Glendale's a busy street. So you look at small things like that so you could actually <clears throat> bring something more than, like you buy a, a piece of shit car and you look at it and you go, well, I could fix up the bumper, get new tires. and But other people don't see, see the things I see, I guess. There's people out there that do, I'm sure, but it's just, I just do me. And it works. So, so you bought a couple pieces of property. One of the things that, that you told me earlier was that, you know, you bought the house and then didn't live in it. You rented it out in order to make it all work. And you went and lived with your parents. But your parents made you actually give them a plan rather than just saying, here's a couch. So, you know, you, yeah. you didn't get to just go loaf for free. Your parents wanted yeah. to make sure you were doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, they knew. <laughs> I had to show them the numbers. The numbers uh, looked sexy after I put them on paper. So... That was the motivation there. And then after I sold uh, the Silver Lake house, that, that kind of opened up my, my whole world of being curious and asking questions and, and just being curious of what people do. I, I made a friend, Thomas, uh, he invested in Tesla when they first started, $250,000, and it made him really rich. <laughs> He's a great friend now. He introduced me to these people uh, in Pacific Palisades and they've been working on an app for 10 years and they own the patent. And I'm really excited about it because it's going to be out December 18th with Sonos users, speaker Sonos and, uh, Apple TV. And it's going to be a game changer, uh, industry disruption, and it's going to completely change the game on how you listen and see your music. And that's, that's great. It's called Tunes Map. And that's definitely going to change the game for me. I definitely, I went, I went all in and I invested a lot of money and uh, I feel great about it. Well, and so, 
let's talk about how all these things weave together because you're 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 still a young a young man not sure. a lot of 25 year olds especially with california real estate prices and especially in 2008 when the bottom was falling out not yeah. a lot of 25 year olds say uh i'm gonna work my ass off live on my parents couch and and buy this fixer upper and then buy another one and yeah. and do that what how how does all this fit together how does your mind work uh in the beginning i didn't I wasn't thinking about the money. I was thinking about the challenge. A kid like me, and not having a high education in the school system, I had no chance. So it was, it was for me a big challenge to be able to do what they said I wasn't able to do. They said I was going to be a janitor in my IAP meetings because I was in special ed classes. And, uh, it's just a challenge for me to be able to do something somebody tells me not to do. And that's just what I've, it's, I, I grew up punk rock and that's all I know is to work really hard and to study and be disciplined and focus. I think yoga over the years, I've been studying yoga for like, Oh God, like eight, nine years now, religiously. That's my religion. And that has given me the tools to be able to focus more than anybody else that I know. Uh, but I don't really have talent. I, I just, I, I know how to focus and keep working hard. That's, that's, that's all I could tell people. Um, yeah, I don't have talent. I, 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 I could pick things up really quickly. Well, but it, but it's fascinating to me because I, I interview a lot of people. I've interviewed close to 300 entrepreneurs now, and yeah. so many of them tell me that, for some reason, somebody told them they couldn't do something and then it was get out of my way. Or, you know, somebody just said, I, I just see the world differently. But the other thing is, and I keep going back to this sort of piece, is yeah. you, you have a very strong curiosity about how things work. I don't think at 25, I could have figured out how to invest in real estate because I didn't give a shit. I didn't really think about that type of stuff. Well, Tom, I'm going to interrupt real fast before I... I forget this. I'm, I'm very, I'm very bouncy. Sorry. <laughs> um, so the first house I bought at 320, uh, I was just offered 1.2 million and <clears throat> it's zoned R3. And so zoning for R3, I could do underground parking, six, six units, roughly six units on this one piece of property. And I understand why people are wanting to buy it, but I think I'm going to do it myself and capitalize on that. So I'm doing that on the side while I'm cutting the show because I have weekends to work. <laughs> That's just the way I work. Uh, it doesn't really leave, leave me with a great, healthy life, having a relationship or family in my life. But I, I, I do, the older I get, the more I try to make room for that. But that's, those are the kind of things that never came up when I bought when I bought the properties or, or went in uh, at Toons Map and thought about making money. I, it was about getting goosebumps and, and, and knowing that that was the right thing to do at the time. 2008 was a good time. <laughs> well, but I also think that when you have that sort of curiosity and, and you're willing to go for it, I think that's a big, a big part of it. Cause I think a lot of people talk themselves out of that. And oh God. I, I, I laughed that you said, they said you'd be a janitor in a way you are. Cause you're mopping up as it turns out. Yeah. 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 The second house was a single family home and it was zoned R2 and I built a, another dwelling unit on it. 
And uh, that worked out really well because the structure was already there for me. So it really didn't cost me much to, 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 to capitalize on that also. But uh, I, I just, I, uh, yeah, there's just, there's just different ways of playing with stuff. You know, if it, if it doesn't make sense, don't do it. If it doesn't give you goosebumps, don't do it. Um, yeah, I, I just, uh, that's, yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, like I said, I, I think that it's interesting and you're talking about the fact that, you know, you work a full-time job, then you do this at nights on, and, and the sure. weekends and things like that. I tell people all the time when they ask me about what's my hobby, I tell them my business is my hobby. I, I love what I do. And sure. for me, you know, being able to, you know, get on stage and, and do what I do or do this podcast, for me, that's my my hobby. And some people go, oh, I don't think your work should be your hobby. But I think yeah. when it is, it makes it fun. I mean, I don't look at what I do as a job. I look yeah. at it as a privilege. I, You know, I, I've been very, very lucky to be, have really amazing people around me. Tom, like really amazing people. I, uh, growing up, I was a drum tech for, uh, a lot of huge bands, a lot of small punk bands going from good riddance to, I lived with Jarrett Leto and Shannon Leto. And I used to tech for 30 seconds to Mars. I lived with them on a bus for a year and a half and I watched the way Jared lived and, and that inspired me to be so much more. Uh, I was Paul McCartney's personal assistant at one point. Um, I have had a lot of different doors open up for me that not a lot of other people get to have. But the only really curious and people could see when you really want to work hard. Um, yeah. So why do you think doors have opened up for you when they don't open up for other people? What do you think is sort of the secret sauce for that? Really going for it really going for it and that's all that matters not hanging out not partying going for it studying working hard uh hanging out with people that are doing really so what do you love about this life that you've created because you've, you've pieced together all of these little parts and it's all working for you what do you love about the life? Because, I mean, you look around. I mean, you know, you live in a nice part of Los Angeles. You look around. There's a lot of people who, you know, work for accounting firms and they work for yeah. banks and they, you yeah. know, have traditional jobs and they commute into downtown L.A. and then they drive home and, you know, open a bottle of Chardonnay on the back porch. I mean, you see that life and that's not the life you're living. So yeah. what do you love about the life you've created? <clears throat> oh, God, I, I love the fact that I can say no. I love at, at this point. um, and and it's and and now now money is definitely a driven factor in my life right now because money really lifted a lot of pressure off my shoulders and I could really say no to people. It, it didn't change the way I work. It just it just gives me uh, it just gives me power over who I want to work for, and I need to respect them uh, for me to be able to re them. Go for it, Tom. No, I was just going to say, so what advice do you have for other people? Because there's got to be listeners right now who are listening to this episode going, oh, my God, <laughs> I want Dave's life. So if somebody wants to sort of spin something up and create their own path, what advice do you have for them? My advice to them is just do it. Stop. Stop. Like, I have so many friends that make excuses and they just got to do it. You know what's really scary? 
I'm 34 now and I'm, I'm, I'm really scared because I've done everything I've always wanted to do. And I'm at a point in my life where it's really scary, like really, really scary where, where I've done everything I've always wanted to do. And now I'm at this point where like, I'm at a wall and I can't tell you what I, what's next. I'm, I'm at this weird point. So I, I, I don't know if I'm like really lucky or just, I work really hard, but I could just, I, I could see myself definitely, I'm, I'm starting to mentor people and, and they just need people around them that tells them they can do it. And that's, that's all it takes. It, it, it's, it's really, it really takes a good team around you, meaning your relationships, your parents, um, just everybody around you, just love and really enjoying getting there. Actually, getting there is probably funner than being there. <laughs> That's huge. Like get that that huge period from where you just just knowing where you want to go is huge. And then from like the distance of like the beginning to actually getting there, I think is the funner road than actually being there. Well, and I think I think it's true. You know, I'm sitting here nodding because I think everything that you said is is true. I think the journey is, you know, half the fun, but it also has to do with surrounding yourself with the right people. So I mentor a couple of guys. They're both about 28 years old, and uh, they just sort of fell into my life. And now, you know, I they jokingly call me dad. I've talked about him on this show before, but uh, one of them, his professor, when he was a when he was a student, he was about 20 years old. His professor brought him to a speech I was giving because the professor liked my stuff, and he just was like, "When I come to Austin, can I take you out for a cup of coffee?" And I said, "Of course." And he did, and then he moved to Austin after he graduated. And some of his classmates were like, how do you keep in touch with that guy who was the speaker at that event we went to? And he's like, I, I don't know. I just call him, and he agrees to meet with me. And so some of his friends were like, well, I want to go have coffee with him. And I told him, tell him, yeah, sure, no problem. And not a single one of his friends ever really followed up with me. I think one guy sort of did, but nobody ever really followed up. And so a lot of it is you got to surround yourself with people, but but you've got to drive that boat. I mean, both of these guys, some of their friends are like, how do you have this mentor who helps you out so much? And, you know, they're like, I don't know. He just sort of, you know, he's just sort of there. But they really sort of pursued that friendship. And, you know, a lot of people just sit back and wait for someone else to do it. And I think that's the biggest difference is, you know, you have to take the bull by the horns and, and just make it happen. Yeah, especially uh, people like me and and a lot of other of your listeners that don't have the 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 family to support uh, uh, being in the biz. You know, uh, I came from very minor beginnings, very minor uh, parents barely supported themselves. Uh, my dad now works for me. <laughs> uh, I just sent my parents to Hawaii. That was a really really great gift for me. That was awesome. Uh, my mom always wanted to go to Hawaii, so I was like, "Okay, let's go to AAA and book it." <laughs> See, that's uh, but isn't that great to be able to be yeah. in a position now where you yeah. can do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a great feeling. I just I you know I uh, I don't know. It's just it's it's just I don't know. It, it's hard work. I I I would love to grab people. I have little brothers that are really really struggling now, and what they want to do, and it's and it's hard being a young American because the America happens to you. You you become sixteen and you have a girlfriend, and all of a sudden you get her pregnant, and then your life is over. They don't understand that that kind of stuff has huge consequences on your life, 
it's 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 they don't understand how much it it will cost you to fall in love (laughs) (laughs) yeah well it's definitely i mean i have two kids and one of the things early on in their life i i always taught them was life's all about choices and i mean they'd roll their eyes because from the time they were like three years old i would always say life's always about choices then when they hit about 14 what I did is my wife and I told them, you know, we've always said this. And they're like, yeah, we're like, yeah, the choices are about alcohol, drugs and sex. And if yeah. you make bad choices with alcohol, drugs and sex, it can totally screw up everything, you know, that you're going to do from this, you know, 14 or 13 year old on. And, you know, for the most part, you know, I like to think that, you know, as they're in their teens and early 20s, that they keep that in the back of their mind that life's all about choices and there's consequences for those choices. And, you know, I don't know that a lot of people got that message. I mean, I, somebody's like, Oh, that's brilliant. I'm like, well, that's what my dad, dad did with me. You know, every time from the time I was little, great, you can do whatever you want. There's just consequences. And one of the other problems that we face, it's not just, you know, those choices, but some of the other problems that we face are we get so caught up in the commercialism, right? Everybody wants to have everything now, especially when they're young and they're 16 no. and they're 20. One of the things you did is you, you forewent the stuff and slept on the couch yeah. in order to build the foundation. I didn't own much. I saved my money. I don't put my money in things that aren't going aren't gonna to be better for me. I don't like wasting money. It's just, uh, it's just not in my nature. Habits. You have to develop really good habits, I think. I think, I think developing good habits really put you in a good spot when you get older, exercising, spending, right. Uh, what you put in your body definitely, definitely, uh, affects the way you move. Being light is really nice. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I recently lost 30 pounds and I'll, I'll tell you that, that making the different food choices and yeah. the exercise choices, I didn't even know I felt bad. And all of a sudden yeah. I feel great. It's like, I didn't even notice I wasn't feeling good. People get used to the feeling bad. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So Dave, I've got a couple more questions for you. I can't let you go Please. quite yet. But first, okay. I got to thank the sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Dave Padilla. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know that some of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So Dave, I call this show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. With all the things you're doing right now, what's the coolest thing that you're up to? Oh, boy. Uh, the coolest thing I'm up to right now is uh, I'm cutting a show called Narcos on Netflix coming up. I think they're going to they're, they're actually a friend of mine that had dinner with him a month and a half ago. And it's very exciting because we're moving into Mexico City out of Colombia. So that's definitely the most exciting thing that that's really getting me going. And I do have to say that tunes map is super exciting because I, I love music and I know a lot of other people love music. Watch out for tunes map, but definitely watch it out for, uh, it's coming out December 18th. And that's about the time this show's going to release. So give a cup, take a couple of days. Tunes map could already be out there when people listen to this. Yeah. Great. Fantastic. Yeah. It would definitely, uh, if people want to ask me any questions, they could find me on Aza sound on Instagram, Aza sound, A-Z-A sound on Instagram. 
if they have any questions about uh, movie making or uh, investing or the housing market, and right now is not a good time to buy. I'm waiting for the next earthquake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess if there's an earthquake in Southern California, yeah. that'll yeah. that'll shift your property values a little. Yeah, but you know, it's been yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Uh, Twenty three years since the last one, so I think that would be a good time to capitalize. You know, it's interesting. My first memory, just about one of my earliest memories as a kid, was the Silmar quake, which was like 1971, I think. And uh, I remember my mother running in and grabbing me and making me stand in the doorway. And I couldn't have been like five years old. And I remember it was, you know, a big deal. School was canceled for a couple of days. And uh, so having grown up in Southern California, the earthquake was one of my first things I remember. And they don't happen but every 20 or 30 years on that level. But you remember them when you go through them. Yeah, you do. They're scary. They, they, they'll definitely, we, we're, we're, we're due. It's going to, it's going to happen. Just be prepared. Don't forget about your water heater. It has around 40 gallons in it. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's good to remember. Hey, yeah. uh, I love to ask the people who come on this show, what entrepreneurs or what people who are entrepreneurial they admire? Cause I think great entrepreneurs, I, I think they're observers and you're so curious. I'm just curious, you know, who is it that you look at and say, wow, I admire that person and what they're doing. Oh. Uh, that has to be Henry Rollins. Uh, that's one person I admire from the outside. I'm not in his world and I never want to be because I just don't want to meet him because I, I get so much out of him just watching his speakeasies and his LA weekly write-ups, his just watching him talk and listening to him. It gives me so much and he's definitely one of them. That's awesome. And the last yeah. question I ask everybody is what do you do to give back to the greater good? Because I, I think entrepreneurial people want to do more than make money. I, I think they want to somehow touch society. So, so what do you do? I walk around Skid Row. I give out blankets, water. That's, that's what I do. I, <laughs> I recently just uh, ran into an old uh, high school teacher that was on the floor and his name was Mr. Sims. And, uh, he was on the floor, dirty. He looked like he hasn't eaten any food in like weeks. And and I, I looked at him and he goes, David? And I went, Mr. Sims, what, what are you doing on the floor? And he looked at me and he said, never fall off the train track, Dave. Never fall off the train track. And he has left, his, his wife, his family left him. He started drinking. I gave him 40 bucks and... Uh, and that was it. You know, it's, it's, life is a crazy road. It's just don't lose focus. And, and that's, yeah, so I, I, crazy stuff happens all the time. But uh, that's what I do. I give out, I give out some goods to, uh, to homeless people. And, you know, I, I've had a whole change of heart about that. I used to drive by and think, well, there's, there's, you know, there's charities and there's people who take care of this. And so I would never give money or food. And I've sort of had a change of heart of that recently. And, you know, now I'll give someone a couple bucks when I see them because I think that our society, we, people are falling through the cracks. So we kind of have to help the people who are on the side of the road. And my wife does something that, that's very cool. And that is she keeps uh, fruit cups and applesauce cups in her car. <laughs> And when she pulls up to a stoplight and someone's there, instead of handing out money, she'll, she'll give them food that's, you know, sealed and that's, you know, store-bought, you know, plastic-wrapped type stuff. And what's fascinating is how often people are so grateful that you've given them something. And, and one of the things is, is, 
you know, she gives them applesauce because sometimes people have problems with their teeth and they can't chew anything hard. And they're so happy to get the, the applesauce cup. And it, it's sort of a heartwarming thing. And, and I don't know that I, I used to look at the world that way. And now it's, you know, I want to do more. So it's, cheers. Yeah. yeah, it's a small things. Good for her. God bless her heart. So Dave, I, I appreciate you coming on the show and just sort of sharing your journey. I think that, you know, I mean, you're, you're still a young man. I think I want to know, I want you to come back on this show in 15 years when you're 50 and uh, look at all the things that you've done, because clearly uh, people are going to be like, dude, how did you get the first podcast interview with Dave Padilla? And I'll say, yeah, it's all who you know, man. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I think you're doing some really cool things and, and I appreciate you sharing your, your eclectic journey. Thank you, Tom. I really appreciate you having me on the show. And uh, this is my first one. Thank you so much. <laughs> so if people want to uh, contact you, how do they find you? Uh, on uh, Instagram, uh, Aza Sound, A-Z-A-S-O-U-N-D, Aza right. Sound. Jump over to Instagram and look for Aza Sound, and you're going to be able to uh, find Dave Padilla. And mark my words, he's someone you want to follow. So thank you again for being a guest on the show. And I say it every time. Thank you to everybody who tuned in. Because if it wasn't for the show, I mean, if it wasn't for the audience, we wouldn't have a show. Uh, We're going to be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody just as cool as Dave. But I'm going to challenge you. In the meantime, go out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.